morning, as I mentioned, we've got Brother Swarga with us, Brother Josh Swarga. He is uh, a missionary going to New Zealand, and um, he's a young guy, you know, he's 
just a little, he's younger than I am. And uh, he's um, going to New Zealand, and he's 24 years of age. He now has a baby, as I mentioned, just three weeks ago. They had their first child. And I thought, uh, I thought to myself, you know, I'm not real comfortable with turning the pulpit over to missionaries, but can I tell you this? I am so happy for these young people today to see another young person in the pulpit preaching today. I think it's important to realize that we have young people coming up through the ranks that still want to proclaim the name of Jesus. And that's a wonderful thing today. And I'm so happy that he can come and be a part of this. He was on my football team at football camp, and he helped lead us to a victory and uh, the blue, big blue. We won the championship, the Super Bowl, amen. And uh, yeah, it was, I'd like to claim it and say it was all coaching, but it really wasn't. So anyway, Brother Schwarg has come, and boy, he's a tough guy. He doesn't look like he'd be that much, but in a dark alley, you don't want to meet him, all right? Okay, so just keep, you know, keep your comments to yourself when you leave, unless they're good, because he's a tough hombre, all right? All right, but Brother Schwarg, you come preach for us. Galatians chapter 6 in your Bibles, and um, I'm not sure what all those comments were about. I mean, on his football team, so I'm not, I'm not uh, criticizing his coaching, but he made me an offensive lineman. I mean, <laughs> I was an offensive lineman on his team, and uh, I didn't have much to offer, literally, in that regard, but somehow we won. And I think it had more to do with uh, his strategic, I'll call it a strategic draft strategy. We'll just leave it at that. So he brought some first-time first players that uh, were very good from this church. And uh, that's who led us to victory. And, of course, um, the coaching. The coaching always helps. And we won't repeat the comments that I let slip in Sunday school about his age. We'll just leave those alone as well. And uh, it's an honor to be in the Lord's house this morning and to hear from his word. And uh, I believe we should all be here today to be changed by his word. That should be the reason we come. And so my prayer today is that we would all be changed by his word. Galatians chapter 6, and we'll read verses 7 and 8. It says there, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Dear Jesus, I thank you for salvation. I thank you for this book. And I thank you for the principles in this book we can learn from. I pray that we would leave here changed today. And I pray that each one of us would apply this truth to our heart. And if there be someone here that has never trusted you as their Savior, as their only way to heaven, I pray that today they would get that settled. And Lord, they could leave here knowing 100% for sure that when they die, they'll be in heaven with you. And I ask for your hand of blessing on this message. I ask for your power. In Jesus' name, amen. The principle of sowing and reaping. And uh, everyone in here is familiar with this principle. Uh, we all live by this principle, no matter your occupation, no matter your stage in life. And uh, we could go down through different occupations and specify how they live by the principle of sowing and reaping. You have the farmer. And I was just out at our campground in Illinois uh, this past week, and I'll be there again this week with the teenagers. And as you drive out there, uh, you see cornfields upon cornfields upon cornfields. And as you go, uh, you realize that that farmer 
has an investment into that cornfield. It's not just the seed, but there's time, isn't there? There's money into the hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment he has. And all of that investment that he has put into that crop is to get a return on his investment. That is why he is doing it. He's not just doing it for fun. Uh, you have a professional athlete. Uh, professional athletes, although they're competing uh, with a, a spirit of fun or because it is fun, they're competing for a championship, aren't they? That's why they're putting in, some of them, millions of dollars into their bodies to produce a result, to produce a trophy. And that seems uh, kind of vain when you think about the grand scheme of things. But the point today is this principle of putting in an investment expecting a return. Many of you do it in the financial realm. You put in an investment expecting a return. Um, you know what? This isn't for me too much, but there's those that uh, go on a diet. And dieters, they're expecting what? Weight loss, right? They're expecting a return on the work that they're putting in. I hope I didn't offend anyone this morning. So pastor will come up and shoot me off if I do, I guess. When you put in effort, time, money, you do it expecting a return because of the principle of sowing and reaping. Now, uh, we just had our first son a few weeks ago, as Pastor mentioned, and the magnitude of the investment into a child didn't hit me until I had our son. And I grew up, I, I felt I was a pretty thankful kid. Um, I would write notes to, uh, to preachers at conferences and write notes to my parents and my pastor. Um, I felt like I was pretty thankful. Um, I felt like I understood a little bit of what investment they were putting into me. But until I stayed up all night, right? <laughs> until I realized and, and had a son of my own, I never understood the magnitude of the investment. Of course, I would be thankful for the things that uh, we're all thankful for once a year in November, um, the food that they provided, the shelter they provided, my parents themselves. But until having a son, you just don't understand, and parents, obviously, really, you don't understand the investment that is in children and in young people from the parents. Children are a blessing from God, aren't they? Children are a blessing from God. There's many other blessings from God in our life. Not only children and grandchildren, um, but you look at answers to prayer, uh, our blessing, health, family, the providence of God. All these blessings that God has given us. I think about the scripture uh, where it talks about uh, take no thought for your life. Matthew chapter 6. God has more care for us than what? The sparrows. And his thought for us and all these different blessings he gives us. I'll give you a quick illustration uh, describing all of these blessings. The answers to prayer, the health, the providence of God. My dad and I had the privilege to go to Kenya, Africa in 2014. And we went there with a few other men. And uh, the goal was to dedicate some churches, teach in the college, uh, preach at the graduation. And we get to Kenya, Africa. And after about 20 hours of traveling, flying and driving, flying and driving, we get to a service out in the bush and halfway through that service, my dad falls out on the floor, passed out. And they can't get him to, uh, to come back. They can't get him uh, to become conscious. Uh, he's, he's out cold. And they get him out of the service. The service stops. Of course, uh, those of you that have had any experience with third world countries, you know that the medical situation is not um, the epitome of health and safety. <laughs> and so they get him to their hospital, which is a room with a curtain, and they get him in there and they prescribe him some medicine. They say, well, I guess he has a blood infection. And 
uh, days on end, he's just in the hotel room that we were in. Once again, hotel rooms there are a lot different than here. Um, not like the hotel I stayed in last night, uh, which was beautiful. And um, if you have ever also been to a third world country, you understand the spiritual oppression that you feel. And the spiritual oppression in that place was dark. It was thick. And after days on end of being stuck in a hotel bed, apparently, we didn't realize it, but being overprescribed the medicine he was on and overdosing on the medicine, there came a night where my dad knew he was going to pass away by his own testimony. He saw things that night, he heard things that night, and he believes that it was over. That's a pretty dark time, isn't it? That's when you could use some blessings from God. That's when you could use some answers to prayer. That's when you could use God's hand of providence coming in and rescuing. And if you run back the time at about 2 in the morning in, in Africa, Kenya, Africa, it was about 5.30 Sunday night at my home church. And 5.30 on Sunday night at my home church is our prayer meeting. And our home church was praying for my dad. And at about 2 or 3 in the morning, my dad fell asleep for the first time in days. We had to travel the next day out of the country. He had pretty much missed the whole trip. He was not sure his body could take that amount of travel if he lived through the night. He wakes up that morning, full strength, full healing, feeling 100%. He gets up, we get on the airplane, no problems. I call that a miracle. I call that an answer to prayer. And, and not only that church prayer meeting, but he had a note that he pulled out that morning. Uh, in fact, his granddaughter, my niece Bailey, is here today. And this was back in 2014. He pulled out a note that Bailey had written him that said, I'm praying for you, Grandpa. He believes the prayers of his grandkids and the prayers of his church family kept him alive. It's a blessing from God. That's an answer to prayer. That's health. That's family. That's the providence of God. All in one. You can think of similar stories in your life, can't you? You can think of times when God in his mercy reached down in his providence and brought a blessing. I want you to turn to Mark chapter 14 and verse 3. The blessings of God in our life. You know, I'm thankful for the blessings of God. And I'm also thankful for something that we see Christ giving us in Mark chapter 14 and verse 3. Christ has given us blessings. And in Mark 14, 3, we see being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper. Christ not only has given us blessings, but Christ has given us his time. You think about Christ has a multitude. Christ has unlimited wealth. He has unlimited power. He has unlimited strength. Like the scripture says, he could have called legions of angels down at a moment's notice for anything he needed. But only one resource Christ had that he was limited in. And that was his time. And who did he spend his time with? You and I. Spend it with humanity. Amen. We see him in Mark chapter 14 and verse 3 where he was often in the house of a leper, with a lame man, 
with a family in Bethany that needed healing and resurrection. Christ has given us blessings, but Christ has also given us time. Back to what I originally said about Christ's thoughts being on us, just as his eyes on the sparrow, Christ's time and his thoughts and his blessings. But we also see a third thing that Christ has given us, and that's his life. And we don't need to go into too much detail today, but each one in this room recognizes the sacrifice that Christ gave us with his life. What was most valuable to him? His life. Now, how many in this room can look back at the illustration I gave of the farmer, of the athlete, of me and my son? And remember, me and my son, there's a transaction going on. There's an investment into my son, and my son someday has to make a conscious decision whether he will allow me to get a return on my investment. That's a decision he has to make. It's not a given that I'm going to get an investment on my son. What kind of investment is that? A life that honors God. I'm putting into my son, right? Parents, you're putting into your children that they may grow up and honor God. They may grow up and honor you with their life. Has not Christ invested so much into us that he's worthy of a return on his investment. My question for us this morning, does Christ reap what he has sown in your life? We've already looked at what he has sown. And many of you had stories, memories, flooding into your mind of what Christ has sown into your life. Those blessings from God. The times that, that God just felt closer than a brother to you and was right by your side in times of trial. And that's even outside of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross and the salvation that he gives us being the ultimate investment into our lives. Is not he worthy of us returning a little bit of that investment? Take your Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 this morning. Like I mentioned, it's a decision that is made to return that investment. You think about Christ here on earth. You may have thought about this before. Christ, going through his ministry and his life, faced people that he knew would not return a good harvest on his investment. They would not reap for him what he had sown. Every time he faced Judas, he knew Judas would betray him. Every time he faced Peter, he knew Peter would deny him. It's unbelievable to me that Christ still put everything he had into those men. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And as I mentioned in my prayer, if you're here today, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior you'll never understand the investment that Christ has made into your life. If one died for all, then we're all dead. We all owe a great debt to Jesus Christ. Verse 15, And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Now let's read that phrase again. It's very interesting that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. When you hear that phrase, live unto yourself, what do you picture? If you this morning 
picture living unto yourself as the way you're currently living, I ask you to change this morning. Because the scripture says you can either live unto yourself or you can live unto him that died for you. There's no in between. So that picture of living unto yourself, the picture of your life, look at your own life and say, hey, this morning, am I living unto myself or am I living unto Christ? Because it's one or the other. Living unto yourself or living unto him. And if you think about this investment that Christ has put into each one of us, the scripture says we owe it to him to live unto him. And we'll look at what that means in a minute here. Once again, take your Bible and turn to Psalms 116. Psalms 116. Does Christ reap what he sows in your life? We see what he's sown, the blessings, the time, the thoughts, his own life. And as you're turning to Psalms 116, I'll reference John 15.1. John 15.1 is talking about uh, how he is the vine, we're the branches. And you understand in John 15, 1, he's expecting there to be fruit on those branches. Yeah, it's an expectation. He's expecting a return on what he's put into it. Psalms 116, verse 12, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Verses 1 through 11, this psalmist has gone through a deep trial. He's gone through something that only the Lord could deliver him from. And the Lord did. And his first thought after he's through this trial, he doesn't just carry on with his life. He acknowledges the blessing from God. He acknowledges the debt to God. He gets through this trial and he stops and says, what shall I render unto the Lord? There's a similar story found in the Gospels when Jesus Christ heals Peter's mother-in-law. I don't know why he would do it, but he did. He heals, my wife's not here, so I can say that, right? (laughs) He heals Peter's mother-in-law, and as soon as he heals her, most of us, what would we do if if Christ heals us, right? We would kick back and enjoy the full health or whatever the case might be. No, what does she do? Immediately, she got up and ministered to him. What was inside of her that made her realize, Christ has just given me an incredible blessing, he's lengthened my life, he's given me health, I need to get up and serve him. Most of us, would that be our response? Christ blesses us and and we say, oh my goodness, I need to get involved. I need to join a ministry. I need to start serving the Lord with my life. I need to start honoring him. I need to start returning a little bit of that investment. The psalmist here, first of all, he acknowledges the blessings and the debt. Not only that, but you see further down in verse 16, O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. Does that sound like someone that's kicking uh, his feet up and enjoying the blessings of God? And Well, he's enjoying them, but he's also taking what God has given him and turning back to God and saying, God, I will serve you. How many of us, that's our first response? when God blesses us. God, I'll take what you've given me and give it right back. Oh, didn't someone in the scripture get a son from God and immediately they gave him right back? Hannah and Samuel. God, you've given me these blessings. God, you've given me your time. You've given me your thoughts. 
You've given me your life. Giving it back to him. Now, this isn't paying him back, all right? As a, it's not a price you're paying to him. It's an act of gratitude. Salvation is free. I hope each one of us in this room understands that. Salvation is a free gift that we'll never repay. All you're doing is an act of gratitude back to him. Parents in this room, you understand this concept because around Christmas time, uh, you give your child a heap of presents and they have a choice, right? They could rip open those presents and then they could run out of the room and enjoy those presents. And as a parent, you'll be happy for them that they got those presents. But if that child simply takes a minute and turns around and thanks you for it, there's some glory in that, isn't there? Because where there's gratitude, there's glory. And with our Heavenly Father, if our goal in life is to glorify Him, I think it's up to us to show some gratitude. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Take your Bible and turn over there. 1 Corinthians 6. And I'll start reading in verse 19. What, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We know that we're God's, yet we treat all we have like it's our own. It's up here, right? We know this verse. I guarantee 90% of the crowd could quote this verse. We know that we're God's, yet when it comes to actually acting on this verse, all of a sudden, we treat it like it's our own. We treat our life like it's our own. We treat our kids like they're our own. We treat our job like it's our own. We treat the blessings of God like they're our own. When really they're His. They were bought with a price. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God. And there's that glorifying. There's that gratitude. Giving it back to him as an offering. Glorify God. Acknowledge the blessings and the debt. Not only acknowledge the blessings and the debt. Give him your life through sacrifice. Romans chapter 12. Take your Bible and turn there. And if you notice, almost every verse I've used this morning is a verse that most Christians would know by heart. And it's funny because I think most Christians don't live it. <laughs> most of us know it in our head, but we've never applied it. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, only through his help, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This verse is very controversial in today's Christianity. Just the mental image of us taking our life and sacrificing it to God seems like a very drastic action we would take. When really, how does the apostle describe it here? As your reasonable service. You know, I thought of the phrase, it's only reasonable. It's only logical. That's what that word is referring to. It only makes sense that Jesus Christ has given us his life so we would give our life back to him. It's only reasonable. And the way he describes it in this passage, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. I'm going to draw a distinction here. Uh, a lot of times young people are preached on uh, to surrender to the will of God. 
Surrender to God's calling. Surrender is to, uh, to be, not be forced to, but to be done by compulsion or to be drawn to it, almost by force. How about the word used in this verse, sacrifice? Sacrifice, to give up voluntarily. How many of us have come to an altar before and we've said, Lord, you haven't called me to, to pastor a church. You haven't called me uh, to work as a minister somewhere or a preacher. But Lord, I'm sacrificing my life to you. Lord, as a member of Community Baptist Temple, I am sacrificing my life to whatever you want to do with it. This verse actually is implying a daily sacrifice. Oh man, that's convicting, isn't it? Do we believe every word of, of God's book? How many of us, and I'm afraid I can't raise my hand, how many of us on a daily basis, we sacrifice ourselves on an altar to whatever God wants for us? How much different would our lives be? Most of us don't even make it to an altar in the morning. It's a shame. Not only should there be a time when we can be alone with God, but there should be a time when we sacrifice ourselves to God. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, it's only through his help, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Unfortunately, too many of us, we grow up and we're no longer teenagers and we say, all right, you know, sacrifice, surrender, service, it's just for the young people. I believe Paul here is talking to the whole church. And he's saying each one of you needs to sacrifice. You say, well, I've sacrificed in the past and, and God didn't really want, see fit to use me in a specific way. Sacrifice. Remember, I said it, it's talking about a daily thing. It's talking about over and over. Sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. The way that we can allow Christ to reap a good harvest on his investment in our lives is to acknowledge the debt, acknowledge the blessings, and surrender to him. Sacrifice all you have to him. The psalmist did it. Paul did it. I'm challenging you to do it. Think back to our original scripture we looked at, Galatians chapter 6. The principle of sowing and reaping. Each one of us, we sow, we sow, we sow, expecting a return. Why is Christ any different? Why would Christ put so much into us and expect nothing? He's not doing it for fun. He's not doing it for his own enjoyment. Christ is doing it expecting a return. There may be some in this room You've already presented yourself as a sacrifice to God. Others that have surrendered to God's will for their life, maybe in some specific calling, some specific occupation. If you're here today, you've never presented yourself as a sacrifice. That's primarily who I'm talking to. If you're here today, and that's not a daily matter in your life, presenting yourself as a sacrifice Yielding, uh, another word the scripture uses, yielding yourself to the Holy Ghost. Allowing him to do what he wants with your life. The message is for you. Yield yourself. Voluntarily give it up. You know, I, back to the young people just briefly. I think a lot of young people say, well, 
you know, I, I'm not called. God hasn't called me into the ministry. And so when a sermon comes up, young people are going to camp this week, a message is heard on listening to God's call or, or receiving God's call. I think the problem with a lot of young people, myself included at one time in my life, you haven't been called because you're not even listening for the call. You haven't yet made the decision to listen. You think about in the military, you join the military and then you get your orders. You first sacrifice your life and your dreams to serve and then the commander says, this is what I want you to do. Too many of us, we say, well, God doesn't have a specific will for my life. I'm just going to live life how I want because we haven't opened ourselves up and said, Lord, I sacrifice my will and my dreams to you and then allow God to say, okay, now that you've sacrificed it, now I can tell you what I want you to do. You first need to lay it aside. And then I believe God can show you his will for your life. Acknowledge and appreciate the investment of Christ and also of others. Listen for God's calling. Sacrifice your will to God. That's the message today. Is Christ reaping what he has sown in your life? I don't think there's anybody here today that could raise their hand and say, Christ hasn't sown into my life. <laughs> There's just been nothing good in my life. There's been no blessings from God. And so if that's our testimony, the question isn't, well, will you sacrifice? Has God called you to sacrifice your life? No, the question is, has God invested into you? Because if God has invested into you, I believe we owe him a little bit of harvest from his sowing. Let's bow for prayer this morning. Dear Jesus, your blessings in our life go way beyond what we could discuss this morning. Your sacrifice is for us. Lord, we need to surrender. Surrender is a good thing. When you call us to, to a specific will, a specific job, Lord, if there's Christians here today, and I believe there is, that have not sacrificed their will, they have not voluntarily yielded it to you, as it says in Romans chapter 12. Lord, you don't reap a good harvest until we sacrifice. I pray that after today there be Christians here that would reap a good harvest on what you've sown in their life. We ask this in Christ's name, amen. Pastor.